so I like finished uh, King of Scars last night late, and then I was like, sweet, now I can start the next in my <laughs> my Hades series by yes. uh, Tate James, um, because it left on a freaking cliffhanger, like, again. Naturally. And yeah. so I like started reading that and then I was like, I got off work and I just like sat in bed and like read and it's like really intense. So it's, it's the timber. It's called timbers, the fourth book, I think. Mm-hmm. And there's just like a lot of like, it's like really intense. There's like a lot of like, um, torture and stuff. So I was just like, I needed to kind of like, like get out yeah. of that like it gets re- yeah. it got really intense and I was just like I think I'm like not feeling well like this isn't fun <laughs> oh, I mean that's a good book though like if it can do it that it really gets you yeah, yeah it gets because, you into that because I was kind of like man how brave does an author have to be to like do like do like torture and like rape well, and stuff because we um, sit in it for however long it takes us to read that if we decide to even read those sections yes they have to write it initially and then go through the edits again and again and rewrite it and that's a lot well and writing it is like you you feel it like because yeah you know when you write something when you make it up it's like you're you have to get into that mindset yeah. yeah i cannot so so there's so you know that there's like a lot that goes into it and so you know so and i do feel now that i've like read more books like that i'm like oh like the lower it goes the higher it can like the higher it can go do you know what i mean like yeah 100 percent. like when you're like at such a low like the highs are like so the high is so much more like yeah no i i agree and like relieving i guess and so i'm like okay like this is just a book bethany <laughs> yeah <laughs> like <laughs> there's like a harder catharsis when that happens mm-hmm. yeah so what it, what's going on um i literally like currently at this moment i think there might be a bird in the house <laughs> and i'm just choosing You're not like... to deal with it like <laughs> i can hear them for those who don't live in my home I can like it's right like... through this door is the dining room and like the public area, the common area. And I'm almost certain I just heard like shit go down. <laughs> it's like on, it's like on the office when he's like, bat, bat. Yeah, yes. And then he just like, next thing you know, like Taylin's going to have like a bag over her head with a bat in it. <laughs> yes. Yes. So I'm thinking like uh, the great outdoors with John Candy and Dan Aykroyd they've got like a bat in their cabin and so they go back in like fully armored in whatever they could find in the shed yeah and just like i think it was uh tennis rackets to defend nice. themselves um but beside from that aside from that i'm probably gonna read the next in touch of darkness mm. i bought touch of ruin at the same time that i bought that i bought so king excited. of scars and everything <laughs> and so i'm probably gonna zoom through that before we read the next one before we read yeah. rule of wolves yeah so i'm excited for that yeah yeah i i will pr- i'm just kind of like getting yeah a little bit of like a cleansing between yeah 100 um i probably i may not finish timber but like because i leave on a jet plane on tuesday to yes, go to you boston do. yes and i want to like I kind of want to get into the book before the plane. Yeah. Like so that way you're invested. <laughs> yes. Not that way. I'm not like, 
I get so distracted like on a plane when you're like not in like a comfortable environment but and it's hard to read on vacation unless you're really really into the book like thinking you're gonna start and finish a new book yeah. while you're on a, a trip is just it, a fool's errand a joke <laughs> yeah a joke. no it's not real it's a myth it's a myth <laughs> no one does it guys <laughs> no anyone who says is lying yeah yeah, yeah. um uh, but yeah other than that like work's been picking up which has been nice so i'm not yeah. poor <laughs> oh that's nice it's coming yeah in. it's coming yeah in. that's good. slowly but surely well cool so yeah let's get started then so we are back yep we are in bed with books i'm bethany and i am melissa and real quick you can find us at instagram on at <laughs> Um, you can find us on Instagram at in bed with books pod and also on YouTube, um, in bed with books podcast. Um, you can find full video versions of our podcasts on the YouTube. Um, but also our Instagram has got lots of stuff. We also have a website in bed with books.com. <laughs> so check us out, but I'm sorry. That's fine. <laughs> I'm trying not to like, it's the next, it's the new season. We're trying to like still get into it. I want it to be like a quick thing and I'm no, still 100%. trying to figure it out, figure it out. So I'm, yeah, I think I'm happy fine. to, it was. Yeah. So this is okay. episode 14. Is it? Yeah. This is episode 14. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> and we're talking about King of Scars by Lee Bardugo. Yay. Yep. It was good. Okay. Yes. Yes. So good. It was so good. I, I know I just said that I was going to like read another book as a palate cleanse, but that's only because it was such like an angering ending that I need to like have some yeah. happy yeah. real quick before I jump into the next book. Yeah. For Even sure. though every bone in my body is like yelling at my brain to just read the next book. Yeah. <sighs> First thoughts. Okay. First thoughts. <laughs> There's so many <laughs> thoughts. Okay. I guess the most pressing thought is how gothic this was. Mm -hmm. You got a little bit farther into the book at first than I did. And so you had mentioned like, oh yeah, it's like definitely kind of darker. It's got that gothic feel. And so I got really excited and I was like, oh, what if it's not? It was, yeah, it, it really was. was like, you've got the dark themes even down to, so like there's this one element of gothic novels and narratives that I really like which is the kind of like Matryoshka doll of storytelling where like you take one doll apart and there's another one inside mm -hmm. um so in the book there's sequences where it could just be like a flashback but they're so extended like they're you enter mm -hmm. this kind of like for like 10 15 pages like a new narrative yeah briefly and I really love the way that she like weaves those in. Mm -hmm. A little bit more later in the book, right? Yes, 100%. Because yeah. I was thinking the one where we find out Zoya's past a little bit more, mm -hmm. we find out about like the arranged marriage and her aunt rescuing her, um, her developing her powers a little bit more. Mm -hmm. That had been like all of those events had been mentioned throughout the entire book. And I think the moment she chose to have that mm. that backstory revealed was really, really key. Mm -hmm. I love the way that she decided where to put those scenes. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, because a lot of times you don't, like, it stops the plot and you kind of get frustrated. Yes. I didn't feel that at all. Like, I wanted Agreed. to know, like, what was yes. going on. Yeah. I was almost sad when they pulled us out of it, which, by the way, she yeah. does, like, this really, really excellent job of the the line between the present plot and those those backstories, the flashbacks, is so blurry. It's just like mm -hmm. a single, like a single sentence. And suddenly you're pulled yeah. out of that and you're you're back in the battle. Yeah. Yeah. It's so well done. Yeah. What about you? What about me? Um I really I really liked it. There was a lot of characters I was interested in. Like mm -hmm. um it it did start really slow and at first I was like, is this supposed to be a standalone like because it just I felt like there was a lot of names and places being discussed that I'd never heard of because I have not read Shadow and Bone I, yeah, I neither watched, of us have read the other series yeah and I watched half of the first episode of the Shadow and Bone so I had kind of this because I didn't really want to I didn't really want to watch it before reading actually because I was That's like fair. I wanted to kind of because I saw Zoya it was a Zoya yeah in it yeah, and it i was her. like and i was like oh no oh no like because i just like kind of yeah. wanted to formulate that on my own i kind of imagine zoya in the book as like nadja where what we do in the shadows oh that is who i am imagining okay she's just kind of angry all the time <laughs> yeah yeah i, I, I love and she's zoya. very joke like snarky and stuff and i mm. and i just imagine Nadja like I don't know why like it... I've watched the show and so like I guess coming from different points on that I hated Zoya for like the first probably two-thirds of the show mm -hmm. which I think we're supposed to yes we're definitely like it's definitely no, definitely not left up to yeah to, no like, she's definitely incredibly annoying yes like yeah. she's rude you don't I guess the book has the benefit of the first main character's point of view is is her Mm -hmm. And so you see inside a little bit more. Yeah. But in the show, you don't get that. You just get her kind of being an errant bitch. Yeah. And I was like, who does she think she is? Yeah. Like, who She's is very this arrogant girl? And... Yeah. 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 So I was just kind of like, um, really excited when that onion started getting peeled back because yeah. I was like, okay, like, um, but yeah, like, uh, honestly, Nina and Han are my favorite. Yes. Like, their scenes are just so sweet. Like, that was really... I I liked the contrast of, like, the storylines going on. Mm -hmm. Um, Even when Isaac, like, entered the picture, I was just kind of like, ooh, interesting. Court mm -hmm. intrigue. Like... Yes. Um... And so you have like this kind of like heist situation almost going on in this like uh, convent. And then you have like this quest <laughs> going yes. on with the with the king. Mm -hmm. And then you have like this like, yeah, court like deception like going on yeah. at the court. So it was it was like a nice like fun balance. Um, so, yeah, like I, I was I was very interested in everyone's story once you got about halfway yes actually i would say about 60 percent i on my kindle <laughs> yeah, yeah like i would say is when it got it when i couldn't put it down but it it really it was a labor of love like those first like couple of 
I think she does a good job because I, I do agree it was like a slow to a slow going for a while. But because she's trying to set up all of these different situations and to like firmly establish who these characters are now, like we don't we don't have the benefit of have the benefit of having read the other series. Um and so sometimes I'm I'm glad sometimes that she took that extra minute to kind of be like Nina's coming from here because three years ago Matthias died because she was here because of this. So like she does kind of trace it back. So I think mm. it kind of sucks to have to go through that. But I'm also glad we didn't read the others because then it would have it would have been backbreaking work to get through that kind of first half of the book. Because we would have been reading things we'd already read, you know? Like, um, you're talking about, like, Zoya. Yeah, exactly. Like, Because when they're talking about some of the backstory, not necessarily, oh, yeah. like, Zoya's childhood, but when they're talking about the events, like, with the Darkling, oh, that's yeah. all shadow and bone. When she's talking about things, when Nina's talking about Kaz Brecker and Matthias dying, that's mm-hmm. all Six of Crows. And so I'm kind of glad we just jumped ahead to this one. Because then we didn't have to spend the first forty percent of the book rereading mm-hmm. things that we'd already read. Yeah. So that's why I was also like going through thinking, I guess considering it more of like a brief history, also being like, okay, so just catching me up. I did this to myself. I appreciate this. Yeah. I specifically so it was my idea to read these for the for the show. And I specifically said no to the show, like to the originals to Shadow and Bone because Mm -hmm. the show is going on. Mm -hmm. And I was like, let's just, you know, we can do another one. And then I didn't want to see, I had mistakenly gone on Instagram looking for Matthias Helvar art because he's gorgeous. Found out that he dies in Six of Crows. And so I was like, I guess we'll have to do the third series or duology because I'm not going to sit there and watch Matthias Helvar die. So naturally, the first four or five chapters of Nina here is her leading up to and then eventually burying his body, mm-hmm. which was absolutely terrible for me. <laughs> I was, yeah. I just, I, I genuinely put the book down for probably about three days after that. Yeah. It was such a rough scene. She admits to herself that she'd never actually been hearing his voice. Yeah. Which sucks. Well, and does she ever find, is it Trassel? I think it was at the very end. She realizes that he was probably helping them escape the factory. Mm -hmm. But then she kind of like, she just kind of closes that book. She's like, if he wants to he'll come to me yeah because because when he kind when he entered the picture she was pretty desperate yeah for anything so I think yeah. that was also like a way of being like putting that to bed yeah I think one of her last lines about that is because she can hear what is potentially his howl out in the distance mm-hmm. and she's kind of like it, that feels like a goodbye yeah yeah which is I mean it's good it's good for her health wise to yeah. move past that it just sucks yeah because like the way she talks about their love in the books is so heartbreaking yeah Aww. i'm fine <laughs> <laughs> yeah i felt like there there was probably a few moments where i felt like maybe it was a bit of fan service because which is there's nothing wrong with that you know yeah 
Um, That's what books are. Yeah, exactly. Um, Because I I was like, I didn't know who Matthias Matthias was. Matthias. Matthias. And I was just like, okay, she's burying her lover. And then you like, I'm getting to know her and the fact that she was like married. Okay. And like, yes, they were like very in love and she's like grieving and that felt real. And then um, even when Brum Brum comes in, like you remember? Yeah. I'm like, yeah. I don't know if it's Brum yeah. or Brum. Yeah. Okay. Um, I was like, he comes in, right? Yeah. <laughs> you're like, did I make that up? I'm like, no, you're good. <laughs> did I imagine this? Um, he comes in and I'm like, okay, clearly there's some history here. Yeah. That. Um, that I didn't feel like I was like out of the loop on, but yeah. I could definitely tell that like this, like the, his sins were like listed for me to like hate him enough, but I, you can tell that she, like there was more to it that had been seen by maybe f- other fans, like I who have read like, the series, like he's probably in shadow and bone or something or whatever. I think he is. Yeah. Um, not sorry not shadow and bone six of crows at the very least um i think we got just what we needed to know yeah, what was exactly. happening which no, was nice because like we know yeah. that he was the one who did the experiments yeah we know that he's the one that's kind of like leading the charge on the anti-grisha propaganda mm-hmm. in fierda in the ice court yeah and, and the ice court. Up. exactly um, exactly it's the really reveal- exciting the reveal that she that uh hannah was his daughter like that i i genuinely like my jaw dropped i i think i audibly gasped did you read six of crows no then how how did you know who brum was or just from the story itself just yeah just from reading this book yeah yeah i know it all connects it, I, it does. I'm very excited for the next book because Me they're going to be doing like some fucking serious court entry. That was I'm very into it. A very, very strong ending yes. of this book for those two. Yeah. It was like a very strong setup for the next. Like yes. I was like, all yes. right, here we go. I'm yep. here for it. Mm-hmm. And I just want them to do things together all the time. <laughs> they are their so dynamic good. is so perfect I, I i genuinely there was there's notes in my like my reading journal where ah <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh. um where i i'm just kind of amazed at how easily nina's just lying to hannah and then in the next sentence talking about how amazed she is by her i'm like you, you have a lot of backtracking to do on these lies girl Mm-hmm. And I genuinely don't believe like there's there's no way that she would have followed Nina out of there if she hadn't seen the lab herself. Yeah. Well, and there was no way that she'd have been able to pass her dad. Oh, God. Yeah. Without him like confessing what he confessed in that moment. Yeah. Um. Yeah, definitely. I don't think that she trusts Nina just yet, but I think she's also realizing that it's not all it seems to be. Mm-hmm. And so I think, cause Nina has this line, I know I won't be able to find it right now. So I'm not even going to try. Nina has this line shortly after Hannah's figured out who she is. 
where she says along the lines of like, there are evil Grisha, there are evil Ravkins, there are evil Fjerdins. I do not care about all of that. I just care about making sure people are not being tortured like this. And so yeah. I think like it gave Hana like the opportunity to acknowledge or at least just start thinking about maybe a less black and white way mm-hmm. of existing with that. Well, and uh, being able to find a place yeah. that she can be herself while also like being herself in a couple of ways, being herself as a Grisha, mm-hmm. but also being herself as someone who doesn't want to be this woman that they want her to be. It's very queer coded. Yeah. Because you've got this man who is saying that his daughter needs to be mm-hmm. the like epitome of the docile wife in order to find somebody and then her having this secret she has to keep because her father is also like the head of the I don't want to say institution I guess it is Mm. like the fearing government itself like the kind of the religious aspect of of their country that Mm -hmm. enforces the like anti-Grisha things and so if you were to just replace her ability as a, um, I think it's, I think she's a heart render. Yeah. As like, as a heart render with homosexuality, mm-hmm. same story. Yeah. No. Well, there's the moment when she, um, when they are altering her. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That made me cry. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like when she, they had altered her into looking like a man and she was looking through the mirror and then crying. And then Nina was like, I was like, she was like, and then like cut her hair and stuff. And then there was the part where he, um, he, she says, uh, the lips are too full and she goes, leave the lips. And I about lost it. <laughs> well, cause then she says I had to stand up and turn to hide my blush. Thank I you, know. Nina. That's I know. Interesting. I know I I just loved that because she was like leave the lips <laughs> like ah uh, it was just so sweet and like heart-wrenching at the same time it was yeah like very yeah and there's de- there's definitely yeah like uh I don't know how much of her like sadness in that scene was like gender this gender dysphoria so much as like the 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 image of what her father wanted no exactly that's it's yeah it's it's disassembling and she's she's always been like tall and wiry and Mm -hmm. like not like refined and she has like blisters and like whatever a suntan from being outside like she's just not very um feminine yeah looking but um but this was when but this was like all yeah it was just like completely undone and then she was not looking like how she has been um forced to look like for so long and so it was like kind of like the lips were like the last straw that she could keep you know yeah exactly exactly um no i I loved i absolutely loved their their plot Mm -hmm. not to mention the fact that they at the perfect time have like seeded discord in Fierda against their government's whatever actions they're about to take against Ravka. 
because I think it was pretty much like one chapter we find out that they're planning to invade Ravka at any mm -hmm. moment within a week or a month or something. And then in the next one, Nina devises a miracle for St. Yes. Adric and uh, Sancta Eleni, or Leone. And this whole town suddenly yes. is not anti-Grisha anymore. Well, and I like, I like that because it was, um, it was, a, it was an example of how, I don't want to say revolution, but change happens locally. Yes. And it requires violence. Mm -hmm. And I think we both agree on that. Yes. We agreed on that before, but, um, it yes. does require some kind of, I don't want to say force, but some kind of defiance in a physical yes. manner um well because the very action that was happen happening there shows that y'all broom does not give a shit about his countrymen mm -hmm. on like at a very small level mm -hmm. and so if he's willing to do that kind of damage like the the number of bodies that came out at nina's call when they mm -hmm. were escaping the factory was astounding yeah and just in like various stages of decomposition, meaning they've it's been happening just pretty consistently for mm -hmm. at least a few months um, or probably however long the water yeah. had been poisoned in the area. And so they didn't care about them, th those bodies specifically, which the townspeople could identify almost all of the girls there when they opened up like the truck and everything. Mm -hmm. And they didn't care that what they were doing also had a negative effect on the town. The town yeah. assumed it was because of munitions, but then they find out pretty immediately that's not the case. Mm -hmm. So if he's willing to do that kind of violence to them without any provocation, what's to stop them from doing the same? Yeah. Clearly that's what he responds to. So yes, agreed. Yeah. And I love, honestly, the scene when Nina is getting the wax seal from Brum. Yeah. Broom. Broom. Um, was really good. Yes. Like it really showed you, you know, for all for us who don't know who he is, just who he is. Yeah. When no one's around. Um, and also shows what Nina's capable of when no one's around. Like she she's not afraid. And There's if, a few times in the book where I, th I thought she was kind of getting a little, she was putting herself in situations where I was like, I don't know that you are mm. that capable here. Yeah. But then she does little things where she just like seamlessly steals, like makes a copy of his seal mm -hmm. perfectly. And I'm like, okay, never mind. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> you got this. <laughs> yeah. I have no doubt in you. I apologize for any doubts I had. Yeah. <laughs> so. Exactly. Yeah. I would say it's, they were probably my favorite storyline of the whole mm -hmm. series, like the whole book. I, I, I wouldn't want it without the other storylines. Yes. Cause I do think it's like a good, like escape or balance, like to have, mm -hmm. but I always look forward. I was like, Nina, like, I think that <laughs> when I saw Nina on the chapter, I was really excited. <laughs> it was like the only one that was giving me hope. Yeah. Even though yeah. she was dealing with some really dark shit because the scene where she finally kind of fights back with the well mother mm -hmm. when they're yes. escape again when they're escaping the factory like 
that was so satisfying, even though I was stressing a little bit. Cause I was like, are they going to be able to pull this off? What's going to go wrong? Of course, something's going to go wrong. Otherwise it wouldn't be a story. Mm-hmm. And you think for a second, like shit, they're, they're about to get caught. And then Nina's like, actually, actually? <laughs> I'm not a widow. I'm, um, what did they call? I think they called her like the bone render. Yeah, that's I like remember. yeah, some like that's what Hannah called her. That's what like the country like Fiordans are calling her now. Yeah, um, that's badass. Yeah. It was, it was. It sucked because every time she would kind of appease the well mother, I was like, do we have to keep fanning her ego so much? She's kind yeah. of terrible. Um, but then, absolute divine retribution. Yeah, yeah, so perfect. Well, and we do have to give a shout out to Adric and Leonie for like, oh god, yeah, following her into the the dark. new saints. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and I I do like that once they saw the factory, Adric pretty immediately. Mm-hmm. All reservations were. Oh, were and gone. another and another example of being like, okay, Nina, like, yeah, you know, like you're real hopeful there. Was how are you going to get all of these? women pregnant women and babies out that are like drugged up and like they probably don't have shoes on and they're gonna start snowing any moment yeah i'm just like i'm just like you're so like she had a lot of is a little too optimistic at times or a little too passionate at times and and it was almost like uh uh-oh something like this can't go on forever like you can only get lucky for so long yeah yes it's gonna run out at some point yeah. Um, and I think she knew that. I think a part of her, a bigger part of her just trusted her and the team's abilities to like. And the voices. To think on their feet. Yeah. The, de- the voices of the dead. Yes. they And they came to help her for sure. Yeah. Um, But like, she can't have believed they would have gotten out of there so easily. Mm-hmm. And she didn't really because she had planned for the bombs to set off and blow up the dam that was like this her secret in waiting she'd Mm. she'd planned this miracle all along but i think she had to have also anticipated that somebody would have looked in the cart yes and that like she, she was it the timing needed to be perfect because somebody had to catch them in the cart but then somebody had to have been nearby enough that the town would figure out also what was in the cart yeah yeah that that guy in the red hat <laughs> yep him and his red cap oh. yeah his his red cap yes Whew. all it right was good yes we have, to, we have to jump to somebody else because yeah. i don't talk about them for no so long. i know i was like shall we move to zoya and nikolai uh yes they this was reason two that i suggested this series yes because i love the dynamic of a king and either his commander or like his advisor or somebody close but serving him fall in love it's one of my favorite tropes well i'm excited because they didn't get very far in falling in love i know it wasn't until you got a whole other book i know juris was like stop punishing yourself for having a heart that she let herself feel a little bit for nikolai and then immediately he decides to marry the um what is yeah. it? The yeah, Airy. Yeah, I can't the remember prin- what country. Princess is it? Uh, Shu. 
Shu, yes, the Shu princess. Shu Han, I think. Um, looking back, the reveal that she wasn't the, the princess and like the mix up that happened there was so obvious. But then as it was happening, I was like, I had no idea. I was like, Isaac, no Isaac's not dead. What? No. Oh, God, no. I know. That was awful. Someone had to die. They, it's another fucking onsole. I know. I know. Um, what I love is that these two guards fell in love with each other. Isaac was a guard who was disguised as a royal. And I think it was Mayu, Mayu was the guard who was supposed to be defecting, but she was the one disguised as the shoe princess, Aerie. But I thought that's Aerie... what Nicolai. I thought that's Aerie what Nikolai was... realized. I thought Aerie was the princess because they were like, well, you can't go anywhere. And then Nikolai has she, to marry him. She was the princess, but the girl who was dressed oh, okay. up as the princess was Mayu, yeah. Okay. And so these two guards dressed up as royals faking it <laughs> fell in love with each other. Because like you can tell in the last scene when you're seeing it in Isaac's point of view before he dies, yeah. is that like she's crying as she's about to kill him. Mm-hmm. because she feels something for him because yeah, in her eyes bad. this prince fell in, or this king fell in love with her yeah and so in the same way that like isaac is thinking why can't i find love with someone as beautiful as the shoe princess she's probably thinking why can't i find love with somebody as as handsome and charming as the king of ravka yeah uh yeah that was sad i really liked isaac same very gentle, gentle there was, person. There was some fun. There were some funny parts though, where it was like he was having to talk to someone, and I'm sorry, names. Genry, Gen, Genya, 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 Genry, Ari. That's Ari, and then Genra, Genya. Okay, um, <laughs> Genya was like, uh, or he he, or someone was talking like some, you know a person from another country or whatever and it was like getting too like specific and like stuff and then like Jenny just like kicks him from under the table and Isaac's <laughs> like oh I can't talk diplomacy I we must have more sorbet like it was just like, yeah. it was I like I had to doggy ear it because I was like oh my god like it's just like these like little like trying to get it was just funny comical trying to get this like poor son of a school teacher yeah <laughs> to sound like a king like yeah very but good. i really wanted him and jenya to get together that would have been so sweet i loved that like at the same time you're getting nikolai's point of view and he's like they never would have set up somebody to fake to be me yeah he didn't yeah. have the time yeah it's like they're like already <laughs> they're already like knee deep in this lie yeah it's done for yeah exactly um i okay I so again this is kind of throwing back to the show real quick so you meet Jenya in the show I don't know if you got that far um I binged all of it and so sure the episode divisions are yeah. very blurry <laughs> yeah uh but you meet Jenya in the show and she gave me I don't want to spoil anything so she gave me a reason to hate her mm-hmm. and so I went into this at the very beginning thinking I don't really trust her mm-hmm which maybe after you finish the show, we can do an episode on some of this because it'll make some of the politics here make more sense. Yeah. 
but like i guess you don't really have to they talk about it a little bit in here is like her and zoya really really sold themselves to the darkling and his plans because they recognized his power as safety and so at first i didn't really i guess i didn't really trust jenya here knowing what she did at the end of season one mm-hmm. but like I think Bardiego did a really good job of showing how far these characters have come in their own personal development after the events of the original like trilogy mm-hmm. because you can see well on the one hand so she's a tailor I don't know if they ever really explain this but like she is yeah. the best at changing people's appearance and she did it to herself a lot as well but the darkling had scarred her so poorly that she couldn't tailor away all of the scars that mm. they were so deep that she couldn't do anything about it and so i love that we get to see her as still i like, still confident but like scarred and confident mm-hmm. she I just, I love the way that she's developed past the beginning. Yeah. 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 She has this line when they still don't know where, where Nikolai and Zoya are, where the, they were talking about the apparat and David said something like, well, we should have just killed him when we had the chance. And she's like, don't say that. You're making me miss Zoya more. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Zoya I like always that. say that. Yeah. She like genuinely starts crying. Well, she literally says that earlier in the book. Can we just kill him? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love, like, I love so that. So it's like an echo of that. So it's like, we already know Zoya. What We already hear Zoya when we hear that. Like, yes, too. yes. Yeah. Um, and I love the friendship, like the the companionship that's forged between them at the expense of the darkling like he tried to form this huge army that mm-hmm. would defend him over Ravka. he got all egotistical and everything and they they used it against him mm-hmm. they had the line near the end where they talk about like a grisha can only die by their own power and that's more or less granted he he came back at the end yeah but his first death was because what he had tried to do worked against him and i love that yeah yeah um i really like the magic in this book Mm -hmm. um it feels very like not to kind of backtrack to nina but like the fact that she could summon the bones mm-hmm. like that that is some kind like i didn't feel like i needed to be um i didn't feel like i needed an explanation on how she could do that um yeah. or that i needed to know like the science or a lot of like the you know elemental yeah like, details of like grisha power i mean i think but it's so different. Like I loved that it was like very focused on wind. Like that was like the first thing we're introduced to. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I love. I mean, if we're gonna go balls deep right now, like Juris, <laughs> when, when when Juris is really pushing Zoya, yeah, and saying like like aren't we all things? Like and realizing oh, I love that line. Yes, and realizing that like there's lot 
like there's different layers of Grisha and you've only scratched the surface. Yes. Is and really also exciting. the fact that like, like I fully agree. Cause on the one hand we're getting a lot of people who are just super experienced with mm-hmm. this kind of magic, this kind of, I think they call it like small science, but the premise of like Zoya's arc in this book is breaking that showing Grisha mm-hmm. that they are not just squallers which control wind tide tide makers that control water and inferni that control fire like you are limiting your power you could mm-hmm. produce so much more yeah i, and I you love could have them work together exactly exactly mm-hmm. i love I, I love that we get to see them break that down to build it back up yeah yeah i also i think it was like I think it was literally last night or the night, one of the last two nights I had texted you and said, I found a new book, dad. Yeah. About Juris. And then immediately he dies. Oh. And that's on me. That's on me for thinking that I could have a good book, dad. This time <laughs> around and a live one. Yeah. A live, live so, one. So far, all of my book dads have died. Yeah. You're, so. you're Victor. Victor, Claude. Holland. Holland. And also, um, oh, the one in book one for Darker Shades, who owned the pub. Fuck. I can't remember his name, but him also. Yes. Oh, yeah, I remember him. Yep. Yep. Yes. They all die. They're all martyrs. (laughs) They're all saints. They're they're saints. They're your saints. (laughs) Thank you. Um, um, oh yes, that was something else I wanted to add was like, um, there, there's this term that they threw around. I mean, they threw around a lot of terms that I was like, I don't know if I'll (laughs) ever know what that means. (laughs) Um, but this one was, um, I was kind of looking back in my notes. Um, and I was like, that's what that means was the Merzost, Merzost, M-E-R-Z-O-S-T. Um, and I found in like, I had bookmarked it amazingly and i was like oh it's she says it's the hunger to see what we might do if we had no limits so i it it not necessarily the hunger but i think it's grisha power with no limits is like the the concept of i think it's like the it's often brought up around like the amplifiers Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which is funny because then we find out that the amplifiers are actually kind of this like bastardization Mm -hmm. of the true amplifiers which is the saints the yes. saints are like the last living grisha with amplifiers yes so yeah yeah and i and i liked that i liked i liked this um kind of this world trying to understand it and define it and put it in these different houses and stuff you know like like we do of the power and really it's so much more than that yes and during this book which i mean great it's this is how many only one series and how many of the grisha verse that yes. Lee Berdugo does so it's like is this the only one where they address like oh there's actually more like that's kind of interesting to think about like that that they're still learning yes. what grisha power is and can do which is kind of nice to know think- that like in the next book i'm kind of excited what other heights and like where else that can go like Yes. If my internet ramblings have been, that I've read have been correct, 
the original trilogy happens in X year. And then the Six of Crows duology happens kind of at the same time. It's like a different point of view on different events that were happening on a, a heist that was happening kind of at the same time. And then I think slightly after. Yeah. And so those are kind of in one chunk. And then this is like several years later. Yeah. And so I, I, I do think it's funny that like they see the extent, I don't I guess not the extent, but a display of power because you've got the darkling and then you've got Santa Alina, who is this prophesied return or this prophesied power to help defeat the fold. Like all of these are kind of like breaking the mold of what people were expecting mm -hmm. because you can, mm -hmm. uh, you see in the show. And so I'm sure in the books, you see in the show that people didn't actually believe, like it was like, whether or not you believe in Jesus kind of things, or it's like mm -hmm. Santa Lina isn't real. The sun summoner isn't going to come and save you, blah, blah, blah. But other people like devoutly believed. And then it came real and massive, massive mind turning events. And then we're, we jump to like these books and people are still kind of doubting, I guess, the limits of their own abilities of their world. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's like you watched gods fight each other. Yeah. How are you still doubting these things? Yeah. I think especially with Zoya, like she's so firm in her belief of like the confines of Grisha power. Yes. And she's the one that's the most capable of breaking it. Yeah. Like, that's why Juris chose her. Yeah, she's the leader. Yeah. She's the queen. She's gonna be. Yeah. I don't give a shit that he's now betrothed to this Shuhan princess. Yeah, that's, yep, she's gonna be queen. Yeah. I mean, we don't read the books if they don't get together. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and if we do, we get very, very angry about it. Yeah. And we scream to the heavens. Yeah. Um, okay. So in my notes, I have like kind of a side note. There is this kind of like you kind of pointed it out um, yesterday when we were talking about Ravka the, being the drowning man. Mm -hmm. And I found that passage. Um, but it was a later passage that really made me start thinking more about that and so I do think it's like a, a theme that Ravka is kind of its own character almost yeah it's almost like this in I kind of almost synonymous with the darkling like mm -hmm. because of the way it's kind of indifferent to everyone else it just kind of does whatever it wants um like the passage that you uh were referring to is Ravka, broken, needy, frustrating Ravka, the grand lady, the crying child, the drowning man who would drag you under rather than being saved. Um, and then later when Isaac asks Tolia why he serves Ravka, and he says, we, we, do, we did not choose service to Ravka. We chose Alina. We chose Nikolai. Mm -hmm. otherwise this is meaningless yeah um and then isaac considered himself a patriot but he could admit that unlike the king ravka had never been particularly kind to him and i thought that, that was like really cool because it really is people 
Yes. Indiv- almost individuals, almost, that kind of make up what you can believe in. And there is this um, other part where Juris asks Zoya, um, no, it's um, Eliza Veda, at, say, says to Zoya, or Zoya says, like, oh, you can't possibly have, faith, like, believe in faith or whatever. Mm-hmm. And Eliza Veda's like, what do you think this is? Yeah. <laughs> like, to actually have faith in love or in someone. I mean, she wasn't referring to that, but I think it was definitely, like, hinting that. Like, there is this need for people. Like, you have the fanatics, you know. Like Yuri. Yeah, Yuri. Like, you need, like, people need something to believe in. And when you believe in something too vast, it almost gets too specific and black and white. And you almost need to like pipe down and like scale back and, and look at the, like the individuals and the people around you. And that's what I kind of liked about it. Like that's what Ravka is or like what your Ravka could be is. uh, Yeah. yeah. I think we got that because like the plots, the different storylines take place in Ravka and then in Fierda. And I think both countries are very much guilty of doing that mm-hmm. because you can't maintain the kind of anti-Grisha sentiment that Fierda does without establishing themselves as like a, Fear does like a mentality. Like mm-hmm. it's not just that like the saints. Yeah. Like, so it's not yeah. it's not just that like they're hating Grisha. It's that they're hating Grisha is part of feared and identity. Mm-hmm. And that's the way that they've like tied it into each other. So that way their identity as like individuals within Fierda has to uphold that. Otherwise they're not feared in. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so I would like to see in in next book, especially some of that breakdown in both countries, because it's the stories that they're telling themselves about the limits of their power, what their God wants or what the saints want that is limiting them. Cause they, they, the reason these saints exist isn't because they're these holy people that have Uh, martyred themselves it's because they were grisha who sought excessive power Mm -hmm. and they're being worshipped now for that excessive power because ravka worships power and what they've conveniently done is told themselves these sweet stories about it but the reality is that all all three of those saints probably did things just as terrible as the darkling did Mm -hmm. maybe less so maybe more so who's to say we don't really get their history but it should come as no surprise then that Yuri exists as a saint for the, the Starless One and has like amassed actually a pretty large following. Yeah. Because that's exactly the kind of people that they seek. And so maybe in like Juris's time, he had people also who existed who said, actually, Juris wasn't all that great. Juris kind of manipulated me and did this and that. And somebody was standing there saying, but it was a blessing. Yeah. Because Juris is a saint. Yeah. And so I love that they gave us that very in your face example of how people get sanctified. 
Yeah, it was. Yeah, that was really interesting to watch. Like literally someone say, but it was. But oh. it was blessed. I know. I, I was like, Zoya I was, was like, Melissa like... is pissed. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> Zoya is going to kill this man. She should have. Yeah. Yeah, yeah was, that was, it was crazy. very rough. Even Nikolai was like, son, don't. You don't know what you're saying. Son. Yeah. <laughs> um, Shall we talk that, about this? Go, go ahead. Okay, just, just real quick. Yeah. I, I, I do really enjoy the way that they navigate Zoya and Jenny, I kind of touched on this, but like navigate, I guess, post darkling life. Mm. Because you do see two very real responses to manipulation by a narcissist. Because you think about and even Nikolai. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. Because they all kind of talk about falling for the darkling's tricks. Mm-hmm. But it's very easy to fall for a narcissist abuser kind of person who exists for a single lifetime. Yeah. But the darkling existed for several lifetimes. Yeah. Meaning he had the time and the patience to set up exactly what he needed to, to make people love him, not to earn that love, but like to make people love him, to make Mm -hmm. people love his power and the, the protection that he provided because Jenny does kind of talk about the abuse that she experienced at the King's hands, the former King's hands, because she wanted to please the darkling. Mm-hmm. And that's like a heartbreaking thing because it, it was abuse. So it was like child abuse, mm-hmm. but you can see now that she doesn't blame herself. Mm-hmm. She recognizes yeah. it as like survival and attempt to placate the darklings need for power yeah it's interesting to not not to just be absent for that change but it's like you know that she went through a moment we yes didn't, we didn't have to see it but we re- we mm-hmm. can recognize that she's come out the other side yes exactly exactly yeah okay no, sorry you were gonna say something before no i was just gonna say shall we talk about the saints <laughs> yes they were super cool. They were. I have a feeling, obviously, you really love Juris. Yes. But Grigory oh. was super cool. His little bear cub on wheels. <laughs> I want one. <laughs> like, yeah, it, like. It looked like in my head, do you remember the toy monstrosities from Toy Story 1 that the neighborhood made? <laughs> yeah, Sin- Sid. Yes, Sid. I that's kind of what I imagined in my head was like a teddy bear, except like on a axle and wheels. Just yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. It was really that was really sweet. I there, but the scene when Nikolai was in his room in the fold or whatever. Yeah, in the castle. Um, and Gregory came and he says, "I know my appearance is very disconcerting." He says, it's exhausting because I have to change it. Like, it just changes with my thoughts at a whim. Mm -hmm. And it's so exhausting. And you could just, like, really feel, like, the weariness of it. Yeah. Um, And how he just kind of always, like, keeps in the corner because he does, he knows the effect he has on people. And when you learned that it's his 
what's like kind of going on in his brain of like how he's reacting and stuff is yeah. what comes out. It was really, it made me think about when they first meet him. <laughs> and I'm thinking like, he's freaking out. Like, who are these people? And he's just like yes. changing. Like, like, can you imagine being like the, like being this like really kind of shy person and then getting scared coming out seeing these and then like literally all of your reactions are just like shown on your like person it's just like, like he's, he's all over the place yes i think it was like at one point he had like three bear heads and then he yeah. had it was just like a conglomeration kind of like of legs sticking out and arms yeah and like bees oh. and like well i think yeah. eliza Vader was mostly the bees but i do i thought it was cool because i think at first you're just kind of like oh like when they come upon it in the skiff or whatever it is when they come upon the castle or the saints, they, you don't know that the saints are like kind of waiting for them. Yes. Yeah. Like you don't know that. And so you're, so then once you are like, are talking to Gregory, like next to the fire and stuff, and you realize like they have been waiting for him. And then when you realize that about him and that's how he reacts, like he was probably freaking out. Like yeah. I just had this moment of like, oh, like he was just so excited to see them. <laughs> he was like, God, finally! I, can I know get he out. was just like, he was just like you and you, and like you just can kind of and feel it. It's so tragic that Juris and Grigori don't get their last yeah. mortal life because she drank the Kool Aid and she <laughs> fell for the narcissist just like the rest of the girls. Yeah, like, there is there is definitely a very aggressive kind of comment being made about the fact that the people who are so fearlessly following him following the darkling are, are female mm -hmm. yeah interesting like, yeah very distinctly predatory behavior yeah yeah because he knows like what is i think somebody had said at some point i think i can't remember who it was but that he would come to them in different forms mm. always a beautiful one mm-hmm I think it was and, Eliza Veda, yeah. Yeah, and so then Zoya was the one who was very distinctly like, that's because he knows that beauty wins. It wasn't because he was vain. It was because, like, he knows that beauty will get him things. Well, that was a really interesting conversation that Zoya and Eliza Veda had. Was that, that was like, the one where I was like, thorns, I don't trust this saint. Yeah, thorns make beauty. And Zoya's like, what? Like, yeah. And, and I think it was Eliza Veda that said that. because, And that makes mm -hmm. a lot of sense because, yeah. Yeah. And so, and it makes a lot of sense that Zoya would hate herself so much for getting sucked down that because she wasn't that girl that was yeah. like, I'm just my looks. Like she wanted to please him. She wanted to be seen for not just beauty, but that's how dark the darkling was. Yes. Yes. And she wanted to, I, th I think he really corrupted her perception of like power is safety and mm -hmm. strength is security. Because to an extent, that's true, of course, especially especially in a country that would breed a kind of person like the Darkling. Mm -hmm. But his safety that he afforded her was only went as far as she would serve him. Mm -hmm. And so her defiance, her kind of attitude was fun until it went against him. Yeah. And then it was very aggressively, aggressively turned against her. Yeah. And I, I find it I find it funny that people like Yuri or uh Elizaveta 
That's the way I said her name. Really? In, in my head, yes. Yeah. Or Elisabetta, like, would think themselves immune to that turn. Because that's, like, the, the work of the narcissist is convincing you that you're different than everyone else. Yeah. So. It was really nice to see in stories like this where you have, like a, like, a really, like, abusive, like, manipulative, like, uh, villain leader to see that there's like layers to that yeah and see how that they affect people and how like in it like the in it like innocent people people who have good intentions people who believed it or thought that they were doing the right thing like got sucked in mm -hmm. um and just how it not only i don't want to say humanized but makes the darkling seem like something real yeah yeah but also I, I think humanize is a good term for that yeah because he tried to like deify himself yeah but also makes it even darker because of how personal lengths mm -hmm. can be taken like in order to get like your claws under or whatever mm -hmm. like, like your influence like with jenya and nikolai specifically mm -hmm. which they yeah. talk about pretty openly in the book yeah um I, I, I fully agree. And I think like the book could really be summed up as the aftermath of the darkling because so many of their issues that they're trying to solve one, the second army is depleted because he killed every single one of the ones that did not follow him Two, the coffers are running low because he left the country destitute mm -hmm. after he exiled and then eventually offed the Lansov family. And somehow magically, like the apparat is still in power, which doesn't yeah. make sense. It, I yeah. mean, like it does because that's going to come back. That's going to be addressed more in the next book. I feel because he ran off and everything. And like, I'm on Zoya's side. They should have fucking killed him when they had the chance. Um, but I, it's so heartbreaking to see that like he's still there like even though he's not and in mm -hmm. the end technically he is but like they're still dealing with his bullshit mm -hmm. which is just that like he didn't get his way so he threw a massive fit yeah did a shit ton of unnecessary violence killed and maimed innocent people and then just like left yeah. the scene yeah yeah but i i loved um i loved juris and zoya's little exchange because there's the line that like really stood out to me which was you spent your life only choosing the paths at which you know you could excel it made you lazy yeah and I was like, yep, like she needed to hear that. Like, mm -hmm. he needed, it, like everyone's always so scared to be frank with her. Well, because she's scary. There's no one that really can because there's no yeah. one really that's as powerful mm -hmm. as her. Um, and Juris is more powerful. So, yes, like it was literally the only person that could like really put her in her place. Um, not only that, but like give her all of his power yeah 
she's just kind of like now Wait, existing within her. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I love Zoya now. I think I've said yeah. that how many times? Yeah. Somebody go back and count. Yeah. <laughs> um, take a drink every time or don't. Yeah. <laughs> um, don't die. But she, I think, might have been one of the most relatable characters for me mm-hmm. because of her specifically because of that line yeah and so i love that like she listens but she needed somebody to say it to her yeah even as he's saying it she kind of knows it's true yeah but nobody else would have been willing to say something like that to her Mm -hmm. which brings me to the part where it's like not relatable at all but (laughs) she has a lot of personal power and she's earned a lot of that And then she's backed it up by always aligning herself with powerful people. She learned her lesson with the Darkling and she doesn't just do it with people of power, but she's become like a really good judge of character. And so the reason nobody else, but a literal saint could have said this to said these things to her is because she's got the personal power and she's got the political power because she's the commander of the second army. And she's got the like court power kind of personal power because she's regardless of whatever potential romantic things pan out with this Mm -hmm. she's got the king as like basically her best friend Mm -hmm. and confidant she's safe yeah 100 like there's no one in the world who could say kind of critical things about her and live to tell the tale yeah and i love that for her i absolutely love that for her (laughs) I liked that there's that, oh, there's that beautiful scene when it's the night before the ritual, the betrayal. Yes. Um, and Zoya has been kind of broken in a good way. Yeah. Um, And she's not like her normal self. She's very like, she's just much more like relaxed and I don't, I don't want to say relaxed, but comfortable and not Mm -hmm. she doesn't have her guard up and talks about the story with the tigers and she just like takes her robe off in front of him yeah and shows him her back of yeah he he was like he's the king of scars yeah (laughs) (laughs) like he he was like i tried not to stare too long yeah Oh, I know. I know. It was so cute. But it was like, he's the king of scars, you know? And then like to watch her like bare her back and showing these scars. And also he's like, I'm, I'm jealous of Juris. And there's something kind of nice about him not, Nikolai not being the person, not being Juris for her. You know what I mean? that person that like pushes her like it needs to come like it needed to come for, from somebody with as much power for romance <laughs> you know it's yeah. nice to like let's let some other people in to like help us yes um, or like even just reach out because like specifically for Zoya and like you've mentioned it's not about trust for her mm-hmm. you know she trusts Nikolai um, she trusts people with strength and power, um, whether that serves her or doesn't serve her. It does in this regard with, with Juris. 
um because she probably trusts nikolai the most but nikolai's not the one that can i hate i know i hate the word but penetrate that part of her like stop it it's what how does she say it yeah i think it was a great i think it was a great way to say it and Good. i i and i fully agree um <laughs> like to to penetrate the exterior of her like of her yeah. like need to always like be powerful and strong and it's like she needed someone who was like no nonsense which Nikolai's not yeah you know I think especially coming from being lovers with the Darkling she needed to know that she loves Nikolai for something other than his power yeah and I think slowly but surely she's realized that but like as much as I talk about her being like a good judge of character and like she's got all this power, she's probably still questioning herself a lot with these kinds of things because like we find out how much she beats herself up for how mm -hmm. the mistake for how much made. she worshipped the yeah the darkling because she even has a line later where she kind of acknowledges maybe I hated talk like listening to Yuri because I was afraid that it would sound like me yeah the way I used to sound. And so she, she needed that from Juris, from somebody else, because if she got it from Nikolai, there would be this kind of element of like, is this just what I need from my lovers? Yeah. And I think she needs to show herself that it's not. Yeah. And it was, it was something Zoya needed to do for mm -hmm. herself outside of the relationship with Nikolai. Yes. And it was something that Nikolai didn't need to be responsible for. Because exactly. Nikolai need, has lots going on. <laughs> he doesn't need to take care <laughs> She's a queen. She can figure it out. Yes. Agreed. Yeah. Um, but I love their dynamic. Yeah. I absolutely, there's little moments. The very first one where she swats his hands away after they've catched, captured like him as the demon. And then he finally came back and she like buttons up his shirt. Yeah. So sweet so yeah, just very absolutely intimate. sweet yeah yes yeah and even like so even from that first scene you can see how much they care about each other and it really doesn't come until later like when he calls her a queen in his head mm -hmm. and she admits that she feels kind of blindsided by him choosing the shoe princess at the yeah. very end of the the uh book the I think they realize that just how much they wish it was, they had the opportunity to make it bigger than it was their love for each other. I mean, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we gotta, we gotta go through that whole thing. Yes. But the Darkling is still there. I know. I, I love the way that they did it because if it had just been like that, the specter was gonna take over Nikolai, I was going to be really angry. Mm. specifically because of what it would mean for Zoya. Yeah. I like that they fed it to Yuri. That's the right word for whatever happened. Yeah. Cause, yeah. I'm trying to remember. Um, Cause it was pretty much just that like, well, Yuri she... isn't like kind of no longer Yuri, right? Yeah. I, I guess, I don't know if he's in there. I mean, it was unclear, like purposefully. So I believe but well i think they took they said that i yeah 
it was unclear whether his appearance had changed and whether he was like inhabiting kind of a bit like, of they, like that body that was laying both in there yeah or is it just the or is it in the body now well, i'm saying like is it like they're um the physical um like is it the physical what am i trying to say like the physical form For, of the darkling yes or is it the darkling f expression that looked it's like you know like is it yuri himself, that himself. doesn't look like yuri anymore or is it or is it oh this was yuri but now it's not like it's pretty it's know? pretty much like this is yuri but now it's not but it's un it's unclear if like yuri's still in there yeah because i think it would have been similar to if like nikolai hadn't survived the ritual the betrayal mm -hmm. because I don't know if Nikolai would have died, died, or like his spirit, his soul, whatever. Or he would just be it. a vessel. Or, yeah, well, if like, if he kind of would have like taken a back seat and would have just kind of like been conscious while the Darkling took over his body. Yeah. So it's like, is Yuri in there? And is he going to be like this, like the, the surprised hero at the end when he realizes that the Darkling isn't the saint that he's made him out to be? Yeah. Or is Yuri just fully gone? Yeah. I think I, it'd be fun to have an inside man, but also just so they could properly kill Yuri. Well, I, I kind of want them to keep Yuri around. Like, I want him to be converted. Like, Yuri I want him to realizes, die the Darkling's hand. And... Yuri realizes that, like, the Darkling's a shithead. And then yeah. he replaces the apparate like and like works for Nikolai and like that's assuming that they can even save him yeah but it would be cool to have like I'm I'm really into like redemption stories yeah and so it would be cool to have um someone who was that like batshit fanatical mm -hmm. to like you know have like a coming to Jesus moment for lack of a better word <laughs> yeah um and like have this realization that Ravka is not the starless one. Mm -hmm. Ravka is these people. That yeah. The people that the starless one explicitly hurt. Yes. Uh, I think I agree. I'm, I'm always down for redemption stories, but I think our lines are just different. Cause like the, the scene that you mentioned where like Yuri was talking about how they were blessed by mm -hmm. the darkling that ended it for me because even at first i was like oh this could be interesting i'm really i'm curious to see where they take this but after that i was like i'm on zoya's side let's shoot him and then shoot the apparatus right after because screw these guys yes well we'll see yeah we'll see i'm i'm really excited to see what the apparatus been up to yeah um because i i love the way that we get one side we'll get one storyline and then we'll get kind of like it mentioned in the other ones. Mm -hmm. I guess kind of like when mm -hmm. I was talking about um, we learn of Fierda's plans at the party when Isaac yeah. is pretending to be Nikolai. And then later, kind of around the same time, Nina learns the mm -hmm. same thing. And it sucks that we didn't really get one that was talking about what the apparatus has been up to. We don't get yeah. really any inkling. We just know he's been gone. We know that he took all of his guards with him. And 
correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't they say that like the those guards had been given the sun summoner powers? Oh, I don't know. I feel like that was a thing. I'm gonna Google that real quick. I don't know if I can Google that fast enough. <laughs> uh, what were they called? Priest guard. I didn't pay too much attention to the apparatus because it was like early in the book and I was just like, what's going on? <laughs> oh no, that's fair. That's fair. He doesn't really play that big of a part in this book. But he, but he seems plays to a be huge. Yeah. He, he seems to be someone who has a lot stake, you know, holds a lot of yeah. stake in like influence. So, which is important. I mean, it makes sense because the, the, the context, so I did kind of find it. It looks like they used her power in one of the final battles, but it was unclear on whether or not they kept it. So like, I guess we as new readers will find out next yeah. week. Next week. <laughs> um, but it's like Slavic based kind of uh, setting mm -hmm. the language around things is pretty Slavic. And one of the biggest kind of political things that happens out there tends to be like how the church has pretty much equal power to mm -hmm. secular government. Um, and so I love that they kept that. I like that they don't really have gods in it. It's just that his religious power is around the saints. So you don't have to deal with normal religious or anything. Like yeah. There's not like that kind of bullshit. Yeah. Like, there's and a difference between like a god, like the omnipotence of like a god, like knowing everything yeah. all at once, and having um, saints who can, who like symbolize things and can influence when they're yes. worshipped and stuff. And I, I also love this was I, I meant to talk about this earlier when we were talking about the saints, is that they're real people. Yeah. But then what we see with Yuri and with the apparat is this very concerted effort by a specific institution to weaponize those images for themselves. Mm -hmm. Because thinking back to like the battle at the fold, right before we find out it's a betrayal, Elizaveta says something along the lines of like, Yuri has his role in this. Yeah. Which almost seems like they had kind of anticipated him taking on that level of power or something like that, you know? Yeah, I like, think that was their intention was to use him as like a vessel, right? Yeah, like, I think technically they wanted to have Nikolai be the vessel. He was supposed to lose the battle right. with the demon. But then you can't tell me that Yuri wasn't also kind of hopeful. Mm -hmm. He doesn't show any signs of being a Grisha. He has been manipulated by Elisabetta for like the last, because he was, I think part of his storyline is that he was going to be this really, really great priest. Mm -hmm. And then he just disappeared. Like he ran away from his schooling and he was like just shy of graduating and then reemerged a year later preaching about the Starless One, which speaks to manipulation on Elisabetta's hand or on, on Elisabetta's part for the darkling and so you can't tell me that whatever seed they planted about the power that he possessed because that was always yuri's kind of platform of why he mm -hmm. was saying we needed the starless one back is his power that like there wasn't part of him that was hopeful that he would have absorbed that power which yeah. like quite like brings to to 
question the motives of their religious institution in Ravka. It's for power. That's what the apparat wants. And that's what like Zoya knows that. Jenya knows that. David knows that. Yeah. It's Nikolai who thinks he can like control this power in the same way he thinks he can like change Ravka overnight. I think, and this is why I actually really like Nikolai. Oh yeah. Is because he, he doesn't see them, the apparat as a good person or that Mm -hmm. he is, he deserves to live, but what's going to happen when you kill him? Yeah. You're going to have a revolution on your hands. And so he knows that it's not black and white. And that's what I love about this is that it's like, you can't just like kill people. (laughs) Well, you're you're navigating like a political landmine. And so he's the Um, perfect person for that. Um, And I think like that is the same, that would be like killing the apparat and Yuri would be the same thing that Zoya was doing under the dark lane of just like, yeah, no, 100% doing. Yeah. So it's kind this of is like, why I don't run politics. Because <laughs> yeah. My and response that's why, would always be kill them. Yeah. And that's why it's really like, okay, good. Okay. Nikolai with your like love goggles where he's like, Oh, you would be like rule. And I'm like, no, shit. like, I don't You'd think so. Perfect. <laughs> I was like, like, no, if she had like she the triumvirate with her she she needs a little bit more to learn that's all she's just got she needs to re reacquaint herself with the passion like and the compassion that juris knows she has yeah with her I, heart a little bit yeah more. and i want to and i want to see that in the next book where she just mm-hmm. kind of becomes a little bit more diplomatic um but that but it doesn't like snuff her passion yeah um but yeah that's why i really i do like nikolai not just because he's an interesting and fun character that just like really loves himself and like no like knows he can like talk himself out of things and mm-hmm. he's just so charming and all of these things but also that he is the right person to be king like yeah. he's more of a the philosopher than he is like a warrior whereas whereas Zoya is a warrior warrior that's yeah. all she's really been I think they'd be a great team. Yeah, they're a good, they're a very couple. good balance. Yes. Because as much as like, I do agree with his diplomacy, I think there's sometimes when he can overestimate his abilities in, in, uh, in the political side of it. And she needs to be there to be like, that's not good. Because now at the end of this, when we know that Fierda is about to fight back, regarding his mm-hmm. right to the throne because they've convinced his like biological father to yeah. claim him if zoya hadn't burned that photo somebody would have found it during the party yeah because the uh, the rest of the triumvirate might not have known that it existed for whatever reason and it seems like they were navigating the like people come here to spy on us just as much as we invite them to spy. Mm-hmm. And so like, for example, like the Shu uh, princess, the Shu Han delegation, mm-hmm. I think they kind of knew that going in. Mm-hmm. So they kind of diverted their attention with like letting them know about somebody who look- was looking to defect. So they yeah. wouldn't pay attention to the fact that this is definitely not a princess. Cause yeah. Nikolai was there for five minutes and he was like, that's not a princess. Yeah. Um, and so I think sometimes his sentimental side can get in the way. And it's nice then when she comes, 
But that being said, it'd be nice if they're both both kind of half and half instead of him being all sentimental and her no, exactly. being all brute force. Yeah, so I, yeah, I fully I think, agree. I think too that um, he is learn he. I think he is learning too, and I think sometimes I wonder too if he lets on more that he's being sentimental with his like um his like personality mm -hmm. is just like so much louder than what is actually going on in his brain oh yeah like i think he's he probably has plans for the apparat like <laughs> and he's just not telling anyone i like, think if i'm not saying he has like a plot plans. yeah but i think yeah. he's like he knows he is a, he's a strategist he was emotional he was definitely like emotionally preparing for the eventuality of the apparat pulling some bullshit like yeah. this yeah no i i agree i think they just have they've they've ended this book with the very unfortunate situation where all of the things that could go wrong have gone wrong at the same exact moment yes fear is on the way the darkling is back the apparatus is gone and shuhan has attempted a coup yeah like all within a span of maybe a week yeah so that's why i think he needs to learn to be a little bit more brute forcey and he kind of did at the end i was like yeah. is this just because he's angry because he like dragged the princess in there was like you're not a guard because a guard would never let me grab them like this also you're going to be my wife it well, all happened I, very fast and i think this was zoya's book yeah and i want the next book to be nikolai because mm -hmm. the darkling's still there like nothing's really yeah. happened with him and so I think he is going to have to step up a bit. And I think like part of me was like, wow, he like really did like pull rank. And mm -hmm. I was like, is that him? Yeah. You know, like, where's the, like, cause this is kind of new. Like we, we didn't go through all of the stuff with the saints mm -hmm. for him to like, I don't know, like that, that didn't, it didn't pull that out of him necessarily. Like, I don't know where this is coming from. And I think, I think, I think there's this like sorry go ahead i think there's this like element of so you've got the lessons that juris was teaching her teaching zoya regarding kind of accepting mm -hmm. the beast because that's the true way to have an amplifier mm -hmm. is to literally become one with this beast and then as we're reading the fight between Elisabetta and like the demon in Nikolai. Nikolai decides to use the demon to his advantage. He like closes his eyes and starts controlling the demon to try to like get Yuri away and mm -hmm. defeat Elisabetta. And then as they're leaving and getting back to like making the long trek back to Azalta, he has this line where he talks about like he'd gotten to know the demon a little bit better and he was almost certain that it like the line kind of implies that the demon's been separate from the darkling for so long mm -hmm. that it's more his than it is the darklings now right and so it's almost like even though he's not grisha he's gotten his own amplifier and he just mm -hmm. has to learn to work with it because yeah. it's a little bit more restless than just like Juris and the dragon who want to help Zoya. Yeah. Versus what used to be an extension of the Darkling's power. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I, I I agree where it was it was like really abrupt. And so part of me hopes that it's 
a positive still change working. though in their relationship like yeah. him and the demon yeah yeah i think it's still working we're going to see more of that he's yeah. going to have more of an active relationship with the demon rather than just being this passive like like trying to control subject it. of it yeah. yeah 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 because then you also jumping back to nina and uh hana for a second one of the things that nina had told her is that the more you try to like control and suppress your power the worse it's going to be when it fights back mm -hmm. it does not like your power does not like that you're gonna yeah. hurt somebody and so the same for nikolai is the more he tried to like suppress and like mm -hmm. deny the demon anything the harder it fought back yeah 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 i love i love this book yeah it was good yeah i am excited to kind of see nina and hana's like storyline hopefully converge mm -hmm. with the other plots yes like and see them kind of come full circle it's been very loosely connected so far. I'd like it to yeah. be more firmly intertwined. Yeah, like I want it, like you can kind of tell it's, you're going to be at the ice court for a minute and then mm -hmm. like it would be nice to kind of like for it to kind of come around and then everyone, you know, jumps on the bed I think, and says goodbye. <laughs> yeah, I think, <laughs> you know? I think Hana would have to either one, fully reject her father and all of that mm -hmm. and like fully embrace her powers and then for them to leave, like, I feel like Nina's almost kind of waiting for that, that boot to fall. Mm -hmm. So that way she can just take her willingly and with consent to the little palace to train her properly. Yeah. Or she's going to completely betray Nina mm -hmm. and Nina's going to have to run because yeah. she's kind of at this point where she distrusts her father and Nina, I think kind of equally like the trust levels, the kind of the gradient is at an equal level for both of them. And so I do think it is kind of, it still could kind of go either way mm -hmm. on which direction she takes. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously I'm hoping that she goes with Nina and of that course. she kicks ass with Ravka. Yeah. Like the, the perfection that would be Yarl Broom's own daughter being a well-trained yeah. Grisha fighting against Fierda would be Yes. Chef's kiss, like gorgeous, yes. beautiful. But also, like Nina's luck can't run forever. Yeah. So I'm curious to see how that unfolds. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Final cool. thoughts. Well, those were my final thoughts. Was like, okay, I'm, I'm excited. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> I, was I like, think I those are our final one. thoughts. <laughs> yeah. I can, I can whip another one out. But yeah, I'm, they, she definitely left it at a really, really strong turning yeah. point. Yeah, exactly. So I'm excited to jump into the next one. Yeah, me too. Well, cool. Yeah. Until next week. Yes, where we will talk about Rule of Wolves. Rule of Wolves, part two. Yes, right there. Right there. <laughs> right there. Right there. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Okay. All right. Cool. All right. Until next week. Happy, Happy reading. reading. <laughs> Bye. Bye.